Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Well, good morning. How's everybody doing? Well, as you can see, the hot tub is set up today. What does that mean? It's Baptism Sunday. It is probably one of my favorite things of all time is water baptism. You want to know why? Because you know when people are willing to go in a tub, get wet in front of a crowd of people that it's only Jesus. Because you wouldn't just on your own uh, mind and heart to say, you know what, I'm just going to get wet in front of everybody in a room of people. But when you are responding to the Spirit of God and you're responding out of obedience to what Jesus has asked and you're willing to do this, which baptism is a public display of what God has already done in our hearts, it's spectacular. And what I'm going to talk about today, actually my message for us uh, this morning is, is going to be a little bit abbreviated because we want to leave room for those who are going to get baptized um, But what we're going to learn today, that it's not just an act of obedience, that there is something spiritual that takes place. And maybe that's why it is so special. Well, for me, I got baptized when I was 22. Uh, It was shortly after I got married that I encountered the Holy Spirit in my living room. Now, I grew up in a Presbyterian church where all they did is they kind of sprinkled babies and did the little sprinkling thing. Today, we're realizing that we baptize through immersion, and we'll tell you why. A couple questions that might be running around in your head. And I don't know if, if, uh, Steve, I don't know if I'm getting sound on the platform, but if I can have that down a little bit. Some of the questions you might have is, does getting baptized save me or does it secure my place in heaven? We'll talk about that for a moment. We'll also talk about why should I be baptized? Why should I be baptized? And then if I was baptized as a kid, do I need to be baptized again? Well, if you turn with me into Matthew chapter 28, I'll wait for you to get there, so don't worry. Matthew 28. What has taken place in Matthew 28 is Jesus has risen from the dead. He comes out of the tomb. He meets with his disciples. And before he ascends into heaven, he gives these parting words. I love spending time with people who are dying. That kind of sounds morbid, doesn't it? But the reason I do is because I I love asking this question. I said, what would you tell a young guy like me? Your your final words, what would you say to me? And I, I love it because it always puts things in perspective for me because the people who tell me what they're gonna tell me is is probably the very most important thing in life. By the way, they won't say anything about their jobs that they wish they would have worked more. They wouldn't talk about how big their bank account was. 
but they'll talk about their relationships, the importance of family, the importance of making memories and passing down a legacy. So here's Jesus right before he ascends. He's not dying, but he's leaving the earth. And he's talking to his 11 disciples at this point in time. Judas has taken care of his own business and chose to exit out of the world in a different way. But his 11 disciples, and this is what he says in Matthew chapter 28. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. So this is a charge, by the way. It's our charge as a church as well. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always till the end of the age. So here he's saying, this is a commandment, that he's saying, go, help people understand who Jesus is, that they would commit their life to him, but then also to be baptized and to baptize people. And so why, this is why we do baptism. Now, the interesting thing, I I love Mark. Mark's take is a little bit uh, different than uh, Matthew's. And so in in Mark chapter 16, this is what um, he says were Jesus' words. It's the same account, but it's from different authors' perspective. I think Matthew was a little more tame. Mark was a a little more fiery because he adds some things here. He says this, Mark chapter 16, verse 15. He's saying these were Jesus' words. Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Interestingly that he says, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. So these are Jesus' last words again according to Mark. In my name, they'll cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So I thought this morning that not only do we believe in baptism, that that I thought we would have some deadly poison as well for some of you. You think I'm joking? I'm joking. It's true. We wouldn't do that. But it is interesting, though, that Mark would say that, that in this process of Jesus leaving, Jesus' words would say, by the way, you will so be infused with my spirit that all the things that I ever did on earth, Jesus meaning, meaning Jesus, what he did on earth, you will have the ability to do. Jesus was baptized. But Jesus also said that we will lay hands on the sick and they will be healed. We'll speak in other tongues. In the fall, by the way, we're going to be having a a series on the Holy Spirit um, in the later fall. And we're going to be talking about tongues. Baptism is one of two sacraments in the church. The first one is communion. The second one is baptism. What a sacrament is, is it really begins to, it's a physical expression of these symbols that have this spiritual meaning. 
So communion, it's the bread and the juice, the bread representing his body that was uh, bruised and beat for us. The juice or the wine would be representative of his blood that was shed for us. And as we take those elements, all they are is just bread and juice until you understand the spiritual significance that you're identifying with the suffering of Christ when you take those elements. Now let's go to baptism for a second. And this is going to answer the question why the sprinkle versus the immersion. Now Jesus was immersed in the Jordan River. We follow that model, but but more importantly, why do we do it is because of the symbolic nature of what takes place in our identification with Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. You see, when we go into those waters, we're basically saying we're identifying with Jesus that our old person, the person before we knew Jesus, because after we give our life to Jesus, says we're being born again, which is also why baptism is often tied closely to your salvation, is that you go in the waters and you're like you're going under, like you're being laid in a tomb. But then you come up a new creation, a new person, being born again, like Jesus coming out of the tomb. Baptism is a spiritual act symbolizing the profound experience of being born again. This interesting thing of we call being born again is it's not like you're, you know, crawling back up into mama's womb and then like popping back out again. That's a bad image. But, but what it's doing is it's a spiritual significance of saying that you're going in the water. And then when you reemerge, you really are a new creation. Now that happens at salvation, but symbolically, it also happens here in the waters of baptism. Now something as I was praying about this week, that God kind of spoke to me a little bit on this is that it's sometimes you, you, you want to respond. It is an act of obedience. The Bible tells us to be baptized. But some of you who have not been baptized are almost feeling every single time we have a baptism, ah, man, I feel guilty. I should, I shouldn't, I should, I shouldn't. I don't really want to get wet. I'm too old now. People would think I probably should have been baptized by now. All the reasons. But I want to tell you this morning what God reminded me is that baptism's a gift. And I'll tell you why. Even though it's a symbol, a symbolic act of going into there, I I believe there's something spiritual that takes place. Can you remember when you've done something adventurous or crazy, some experience that you had with a friend, and how that experience bonded you together? Think about that time. Can you think about a time where you had an experience with somebody that that really just created this bond? And what it did to your relationship, it brought you to a new level. 
That's the way it is with baptism. In a spiritual way, you are actually participating with Jesus. The very thing that Jesus did. The act of being buried and then three days later, rising again. I believe, I used to think that it, this was just, just a symbol. But, but let's look at the scripture here that speaks to this. Romans 6 verse 4. Romans 6 verse 4. Romans is after the book of Acts. I'm going to start in verse 3. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. He's saying that there's this identification that takes place when we go into the waters of baptism. That we are actually partaking, we are experiencing what he experienced. There's only two things that we'll have experienced like Jesus, and there's a spiritual significance to it. Communion and baptism. That when you go into these waters, that I believe that there is something that takes place on the inside that bonds you closer with Jesus. Because you've now done something that Jesus has done. Even though it's symbolic here, I think there's something that takes place in the Spirit. So does baptism save you? Let's look back to our series that we had on Peter and turn to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. Being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in the prison. Because they formerly did not obey, when God's patience waited in the days of Noah, while in the ark was being while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through the water. So here it is, Peter is drawing this correlation to what took place in the days of Noah and the flood and drawing it to baptism. Verse 21 says, Baptism which corresponds to this now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers having been sub- subjected to him. Okay, I've just played with your mind a little bit because you say baptism here says it saves you. Well, we do know that it is by grace 
that you are saved, not by your works. So if you're thinking, if I just go in the waters of baptism, that will save me. No, it is your, your profession of faith in Jesus Christ that saves you. But could it be there is a connection? And could it be that your part of getting freer as a person is tied somehow to these waters of baptism? I want you to think about that. Because sometimes people say, well, if it doesn't save us, well, then why is it so important that I be baptized? One, it's a commandment. So if you want to be faithful to Jesus, you get baptized. But more so than this, if you understood the gift that it is. This morning, as we open up this time to be baptized, I know there's many of you who've already signed up to be baptized, and now would be a great time for you to go get changed. But I also am mindful that some are here today and said, you know what, I've um, maybe never understood baptism in this way before. And your heart's starting to pound right now. And, and I would encourage you, if your heart is doing one of those ba-boom, 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 that's probably God tapping you on the shoulder. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is working in your life. We do have shorts and shirts and towels for you. If you said, well, I didn't come prepared. Well, we came prepared for you. What if baptism was a supernatural experience? I believe it is. You imagine that? That we actually can experience his death and burial and resurrection. by just going to the waters of baptism. That we could experience that, we could now identify with Jesus in that way. You see, this is just a tub and it's just water. And without Jesus, all it is is just a quick little bath. But with Jesus, it's a supernatural experience. I don't want you to miss out today. Yes, we'll have another baptism next quarter. But maybe this is the very thing that you need in your life right now. It's going to draw you closer to Jesus. That you're going to need this moment to get through these next few months. Would you respond to the Holy Spirit?
Would you say yes to him? Would you say yes to the gift that it's meant to be? There's some of you here today that today you're going to give your life to the Lord. And you're going to get baptized in the same day. Honestly, it's really the way it should be. Because your next act after salvation should be baptism. So if we just take a moment and bow our heads, close our eyes. The first question I want you to ask is, today is today my day to be baptized? Then listen to the still, small voice and respond. The next question you need to ask is, have I given my life to Jesus? Jesus, the name that's above all names, the one who sets us free from our guilt, from our shame, from the chains of our poor mistakes. If you've never accepted Christ into your life, Jesus, into your life, would you just slip up your hand real quick just so I can see that hand and then slip it back down. I just want to make sure I see you. If you've never accepted Christ Jesus into your life, just slip it up real quick. can imagine there's a tug on your hand to keep that hand down. After all, what takes place in the spirit when we give our life to Jesus is that we truly are born again. Our citizenship changes to now being a son and daughter God, part of a different family. But we actually get to be set free. We know we have an enemy that doesn't want us to be free. So I'll ask just one more time. If you'd like to know Jesus, I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. And I'm not even going to say you have to be baptized. I'm just saying today's a day that the invitation is coming to you. And when will you be back? When will you be here again to receive that invitation? Who knows what your tomorrow looks like? So if that's you, just slip up your hand. You want to know Jesus. Slip up your hand. 
Thank you. Let's pray. Father, for that hand that went up. Jesus, you know that what's in the heart of each one of us. We're not perfect. We continue to do things that aren't the best. But that's why we need you, Jesus, as our Savior. Each one of us could be reminded and even pray this prayer together, but especially that one who raised their hand. Jesus, I'm a sinner. And I need you in my life. To love me, to make me whole, to set me free. I'm sorry for the things that I've done that have disappointed you, God. In many ways they disappoint us. We never thought we would do those things. But you're so loving, you're so good, you're so kind. I choose to follow you, Jesus. I don't choose to follow my own crazy ways any longer. Help me follow the straight path. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you're here to be baptized, um, you can sit up here in these front rows. And uh, if you're in the tank... Why don't you, you guys can make your way. So how this is going to go is we're going to sing some songs. We're going to worship. We're going to allow people to experience identifying with Jesus Christ through his death, his burial, and his resurrection, and this new life that you have in Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com.